You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey, everyone. This is part two of our conversation on defensiveness. To listen to part one, uh, check out the previous episode. Hey, everybody. This is Mike. This is Grant. And today we're talking about defensiveness. White defensiveness. White defensiveness, white fragility, and what to do when you get defensive. And we're also going to talk about shattering your worldview and enhancing your perspective. Enhance. You know, like in crime shows. Sure, whatever. Enhance. Last episode, we left off right before I was about to play a clip from uh, the TikToker at Stanzi Potenza that kind of shows the spectrum of white defensiveness and how white people react to it. I thought it was pretty funny. Let's check it out. All right, welcome to the monthly white people meeting. Uh, we will now be taking questions, comments. I just like to say that I'm so sorry for ever existing. I'm sorry for all of this. I'll never apologize for being white. And yeah, if I was asking you to apologize, and you don't have to I apologize either for this creamy, delicate skin. <laughs> this is exactly what they want. They want to take us down. White people, am I right? You're white. You're white people. Well, you're in the white people conference. This place is whiter than the polar ice caps before it melted. Rest in peace. I know exactly how to solve this and I'll tell you how to write it down. Oh, come on, guys, we do this every month. Can we find some sort of middle ground between bigotry and intense self-loathing? Like, reach across I the aisle. I was never bored. You gotta stop that. You gotta... You see this? This is it. This is what they want. Who's they? Okay. White people be crazy, bro. Send a tweet. Popo Nas sees us. Why do we bother? The responses range from, like, like super defensiveness, like, oh, yeah, like, they, the eponymous they are, like, out to get us and make us feel shitty, yeah. to, like, like, I feel terrible for ever existing, and, like, it's this weird spectrum that I feel like white guilt, I guess, falls under, mm-hmm. um, and that's, you know, has a lot to do with white defensiveness. Um, I think an interesting thing is how do you defend, how do you identify when your defensiveness is coming from white defensiveness versus regular defensiveness. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> so, I think it would just give me the, the... So on Psychology Today, yeah, right, give, there's a... Give us, give us the experts. Yeah, there is, a, there is a way. So, like, if you find yourself when race comes up, you know, becoming angry or aggressive, having strong reactions to black people being angry, declining to respond to the questions or ideas of other people, particularly people of color... Uh, you've experienced tension in your body. There's like crying or feeling victimized by this discussion, raising the volume and intensity of your voice, um, harsh criticism of others in your thoughts and your words, or feeling that no one is hearing you. I think those are all things that like you start to feel when as a white person, you're getting defensive and it's, and it's because of this pain that we're, we both experience through racism. I can see that. Oh, I yawned a little bit. I can see that. It's uh, yeah. I I would say those those situations do occur a lot, and I and I think I think it happens more often than not. Especially like I will say with my roommates dynamic between like it's me and then you and Kate, the two white guys. Yeah. There are a couple times where I can tell you guys might be more focused on the volume of my discussion, the delivery of my discussion, or the act the 
the the accusations within within the my within my language. Like if I'm if I'm accusing of of something being a little problematic or racist, or this email isn't coming off right, or I don't know about this TV show that the way how they did that or this or the they, or the, the way this Bachelor episode is produced, it seems a little. And it'd be like a kind of comment like, "Well, I don't know." And like you guys are trying to like, it's like you're trying to challenge me, but at the same time, like, is that a challenge or is that like a weird like? personal defense of something that has nothing to do with you because you're worried that like you are part of the problem like you're taking it personal but it has nothing to do with you i think there's probably some uh level of that that happens subconsciously where you don't even realize that's what you're doing um at least i would like to think that if i realize that's what i was doing that i'd be able to call myself on it yeah sometimes i get wrapped up in you know the just the substance of the conversation rather than like the identity you know of you and me um and i think that that can you know come across a certain way well see how well what moments are you able how will i know that you're really just calling me out and and i need to be called out for my bullshit like the the thing is like <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah it's not like it, that's what, that's what seems tricky to me is because yeah. what if i really am just saying something outlandish and ridiculous and and like and I need to be put put in my place. It's like, how can we ignore the the white black dynamic, or how can we ignore that there might be some levels of microaggressions that led to what I'm saying? How it's like it's so like I can see why people are so af- afraid and resistant because it changes everything. Like what to have to see in to that have world? to acknowledge those things all the time. Now I I do naturally because I I am a black man, so I'm constantly thinking about those things. But now if everyone had to think about that, it it changes everything. Because I could be at a job and then my boss could say, Mike, you need to work faster. What if I'm actually working slow? But people would be like, wait. Is he actually working slow or is the boss singling him out because he's the only black guy? Is he actually working slow, but only working slow because he didn't receive the same amount of privileges as all the other white employees? Like everyone's whole thought process changes. Yeah. Well, I mean, on the flip side, because I want to address that. But on the flip side, like of you as a manager, did you find yourself treating? I mean, like, like, did you feel that on the other side where you felt yourself aware of that, of, Uh, of certain dynamics? I I would think there would there was a time where some people would were kind of wouldn't take me serious, and I in my brain though because I'm very vain about my my how I look youthful. I was like, oh, it's because people don't take me serious because I look young. But I'm like, nigga, stop! Like everyone here knows that you're you know you've been doing this for fifteen something years, so they know you're not that young. They're not. Some people are not taking you serious for you know why. Mm. Uh, and, and it's like, but I don't want to I don't want to acknowledge that. It didn't it doesn't last long because because when you when you live by character and you live and you're driven by by like a certain purpose and, and, and integrity people it, that will spill through and people will suddenly forget all the bullshit It'll break they were, through the, yeah, yeah they were like oh no he's like actually listening to me he's actually hearing me out they didn't they didn't moved on beyond, beyond and not taking me serious now yeah help that you're like fucking good at your job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tutu. but uh yeah. <laughs> you know well. what i'm saying tutu and drive the whole train through the fucking wall street um but anyway <laughs> um, that's hilarious well the other thing i wanted to say yeah, in response to you was um yeah it's popping the it's popping the bubble like where it's like the cherry, it's popping the racist. It's cheery. popping the worldview. So like maybe popping's the wrong word. It's shattering the worldview. So like for example, if you're 17 year old Grant and you're living in you know San Inez high, going to San Inez High School, living in Buellton, California, you think you're just like an average guy, not that much special or different or unique about you. 
and then now all of a sudden you're open up to this world of what race and racism and and how you can be a part of it and how you cannot like that then starts to then that changes how you're gonna interact with okay so by you saying that that makes me think now because earlier we said shattering the reality and destroying people's reality now we need to stop thinking in that met in that way of that way of I don't like that mindset. Okay, I, sorry. I, I was thinking of it going off of what we said earlier. What we no, established no, earlier. no. Hear me out. Yeah. I, 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 so, because I, I, I know that's what happened. I got defensive. Yeah, I got defensive. <laughs> Hold on now. Uh, I'm saying we we said this. We both said this. Yeah. But so I'm saying this is where we need. This is a place where I, I would like to move. Is instead of shattering realities, instead of you know abolishing the whole entire police force. Now, what if what if we see things as enhancements? Like enhancing your reality. Now your reality might just be outdated, outmoded, or or a little a little old fashioned. So we're not we're not gonna shatter it. We're not gonna. This isn't this isn't uh, make America great again. This isn't uh, you need to change your whole viewpoint. This is we are going to add some things in there that are gonna take what you have and just make it a little a little cuter. And and nicer, like and, and and add some stuff to it. We're we don't have to we don't have to destroy your whole house and tear your whole house down for you for you to be on the same page as me. All I'm gonna do is add some new equipment in there, and you're gonna be like, oh, cool. I don't know how to use this shit right away. This shit is new to me, but I'll learn. Give me some manuals and come over every now and then, and you use it with me, and I'll learn how to I'll learn how to adapt. We need to enhance our realities. If you if you lived in a world where you're like, I don't know any black people, I ain't never give a fuck about racism and all that stuff like that and people want to bring present all this stuff about white privilege to you and, and race relations and stuff don't be like oh they're going to destroy everything I once knew no 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 they're going to add some new things in that are just going to enhance what you once knew it's like it's it's like a it's a positive thing to become to become more aware of others and, and and more selfless and more empathetic it's never a bad thing i don't i don't i'm not afraid of if there's a lot of things I don't, I'm not aware of, you know, whether it's like cause being a cisgender male, there's there's so many things I don't know yeah. about trans the transgender community. Uh, yeah, that's being uh, the I don't know being a black man. There's so many things I don't know about white people. Being a being a man, there's so many things I don't know about women. Now, I, there's plenty of times that I'm gonna be brought those things are gonna be brought to my attention. And I'm gonna be challenged on things I say, things I do, and I might get a little defensive. But but the thing that I try my best to focus on is like. Oh, wait, wait, wait. But if I get this new information and they give me this new knowledge and they put me in my place and we fix these problems here and there and my reality gets shifted a little bit, it's enhanced now. Now, when I walk outside my door, I'm like, oh, y'all motherfuckers better watch out because I got a little information about uh, the transgender community. I got a little information about women. I got a little information about white folks. I got all kinds of shit now. Watch me. My world is my world is bigger now. It didn't get shattered. It didn't destroy it. Also, I'm not black anymore. And I, I forgot everything I ever once knew. No, it's it just ain't got enhanced. I, I ain't got Windows ninety five anymore. Niggas then came in and they gave me a new computer. Windows and, XP. Yeah, and I got Windows XP now, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I got pinball and shit. I got all kinds of you know that new was games. The best. I can you know I ain't got to go on the DOS anymore and type shit in. I can like the code. Com- you have a mouse. You have a yeah, GUI. I got a mouse, a Bluetooth mouse. Like yeah. shit is enhanced. That's all. That's that's all that's kind of happening. It's like we we have this idea of being so defensive and like fuck it, no stop. You kind of ruined everything. I, I, have to, I have to respond to that because like there is an issue here with white defensiveness wanting to defend and protect Windows 95 
because it thinks that if, if Windows XP comes around, that it's going to lose something or something is taken away from them. See, but the, the world is so much more interesting than your limited perspective. Like, it's so frustrating to me that there are some people who don't see that and want to grow and want to change. I think we saw in June, hopefully still going into 2021, a lot mm. of people realizing that they're on Windows 95 and being like, okay, cool, I want to upgrade. But there's a lot of people who are resistant to it. And part of the reason is because there's talking points that tell people you need to like keep yourself with Windows 95 because if you upgrade to Windows XP, it's actually not Windows. It's actually, I don't know, Mac XP and now all of a sudden like they're the people who control Windows 95 are not going to benefit from it those people are the ones that are going to lose and so they're trying to keep you on an old system yeah, yeah in order yeah. to people, not expand your still, worldview the people who still make software for that outdated processing uh, system are, are going to be the ones that tell you no don't, don't change don't upgrade your shit because yeah. you got to be able to use my software yeah. but it's like no thank you for explaining you, that mixed metaphor yeah <laughs> you, you upgrade your software bitch like, yeah. like, uh-uh. Don't tell me that I can't get a new computer because you don't want to upgrade your shit. Your shit is smaller than mine. The processor is a bigger yeah. deal. Yeah. That that covers that covers a lot more people than that one little piece of software. So, analogies is my thing. But the... <laughs> Yeah. The, the thing that, that is so, so interesting to me is that I want to say that the truth is that, yes, there is going to be some pain. There is going to be a struggle, and it's not going to be easy. Those people who are afraid and you get defensive, like, no, I can't handle this. It's going to suck. I don't want to deal with this. I might, you know, everything will be changed and all that stuff. Yes, it, it can be hard. And, I, to and keep, scary. And scary. To keep in my analogy... You see how long it takes for that shit to get updated when you update your computer and stuff like that. It, it, it puts your computer out of commission for a couple minutes, 30 minutes to an hour, right? Yeah. And you're like, fuck, it doesn't just automatically upgrade. And then it's going to take some time, like I said earlier, to troubleshoot and to figure out how to use it. Yes, that is going to happen. If you are a person who grew up in a society where you knew nothing but your white family and your white friends and your white job, and you ain't never thought outside of that about indigenous people, people of color, even women sometimes, like... Yes, it's going to shake shit the fuck up and it's going to be hard. And there might be some people who go, it's not my job to fucking make it easier for you. It's not my job to make it better for you. I get that. Like the like the responses we got about some black people being like not receiving uh, white people trying to do better. Well, yes, that's going to happen. But you have to continue to do it, to do the work. I'm going to tell you right now, just because I'm black doesn't mean every black person goes, hey, Michael, what's up, my brother? Everything you say and do is on, man. Power to the people. That does not fucking happen. I, I get a lot of people. I get probably get more flack from black people than I do white people. So when I when I hear a white person cry and say, oh, but I was being an ally and black people aren't like cheering me on loud enough. I'm like, bitch. We ain't too hurt for that. Oh, it, ain't so, gonna, it ain't gonna never happen. <laughs> I'm so happy you said that because yeah. I have a, a great uh, uh, Instagram for that. So it's from an account called No White Saviors. Uh oh. Let's, <laughs> let's get into that. You yeah, know that's, it's about that's basically to go. what I'm getting at. Is that yeah. like it's it's gonna it's gonna be hard, and not everyone's gonna be like you're not gonna receive a bunch of flowers and, and, and uh, air horns and fanfare, you know, right away. So No White Savior says, remember, accountability feels a lot like bullying when you're used to being praised for your harmful behavior. We could address you with as much kindness as possible, and it would still be labeled as an attack. It's the content, not the delivery, that some people have a problem with. 
And uh, they go on to write, we once said that we could write out accountability in fancy calligraphy in a greeting card and they would still call us aggressive. We do care about effectiveness. Um, And they go on from there. But um, I think that like white people, when we're trying to do better, I feel like we want that. We want that praise. We want that, you know, gratification for being like, we're one of the good ones, you know, like, like we like. And I think that they like. If you're to to borrow from you, you know you're always using the parent-child metaphor. Like if you're a child or if you're a parent, your child is not going to always congratulate you and and be so thankful to you for you know feeding them every night and making sure that they eat their vegetables yeah. and getting them to school. That would be that would be nice and lovely. And if if your child does that, good on you, mom and dad or a guardian. You 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 did that. You taught that kid those manners. But guess what? It's not going to occur naturally, and it's not going to happen every single day. But it's still your job as the parent. To feed that kid. Yeah. You can't be like, I bitch, I ain't giving you no cookies tonight or no dinner tonight because you ain't said thank you every single meal. Yeah. Or it's still your job as a human being to another human being to treat that human being with respect and kindness like you would any other human being, regardless of their identity or what they look like. That's hard, though. It can be. It's a struggle. Because I will say, I'm the kind of person, if I hold the door open for you and you don't say nothing, I'm like, I come back here so I can slam you in this door. Well, my <laughs> instinct is like, don't hold the door open then if you don't, if you're gonna. But it's not, but that's I can't not help helpful it. either. Yeah. I, I can't help it. I just naturally want to hold the door open for people. Well, that's a good thing. That's a positive yeah, thing. Yeah, but I also will slam it on you in your face if you don't say thank you. <laughs> like, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I get, I get offended. I get offended when people call me out when I feel like I'm trying to do the right thing. I get offended when people call me out for doing the wrong thing. I get defensive. I, and I think I, we, need to, we need to live in a world where that is okay. Like, to think that way and to feel that way. That's your true, honest emotion. Feel that shit. But, like, we also need to be okay with going through the, the nitty-gritty process, walking through the mud, walking through the shit, so we can solve it. And as white people, it can't be our response every time, you know, something is asked of us to whine and complain and kick and scream. Like, that's what certain people, uh, certain white people will do. Is they fight this tooth and nail? They get mad about everything. Yeah, like, like we we get mad that now we have to change the way that things were set up for us. And I, I will challenge. This is this is I guess I personally feels controversial. And I will challenge you know people of color, black people, um, indigenous people, and stuff like that. If if we are presented with the opportunity where there is a white person trying to do the work and they're not doing the work so well. And they're struggling a little bit. You know, they might be like, they might have some instances of white fragility pop up. They might get a little white defensiveness. They might just get generally defensive. I don't know. You know what I mean? got to put the, the adjectives in front of it. Like, we have to be able to challenge ourselves, too, to be like, I understand it is not my job to make them feel better. I understand it is not my job to even educate them. But if you are presented with that opportunity, maybe sometimes you should take it as you should be grateful that you are put in that position, that you have the opportunity to enhance someone else's life and also enhance your life. All right, hold on. I'm going to challenge that, and then I'm going to agree with that. So the first way I'm going to challenge that is absolutely in no way should that responsibility be put on anyone ever again. It's going to, but it should not be. Like, it is up to us, and we'll get into something that us white people can do so that we do not put y'all in that position. Because that's not unf- that isn't fair. I'm sorry. It's not fair. It's and it's not. not because look at what happened when we were talking about this the other night. Like then all of a sudden you felt like like you were in a position where you had to make me feel better because you hurt my feelings. Because you called me out on some shit that I said that hurt your feelings. 
that isn't okay. That shouldn't. That is. That is not something that that should be the case. Yeah, but it's the status nigga, quo. But a nigga that unplugged and plugged back into the matrix. So I said the whole sentence. I said I'm apologizing to make you feel better only because the dynamics of the situation right now is causing me to do that. But what I still said still stands. You are you still said something problematic. True, I'm gonna make you feel better right now in this moment. But know that I'm feeling bad that I have to do that, and that's not fair that I have to do that. Yeah, you and absolutely like, did do that. I don't want to <laughs> erase like, you yeah. defending yourself in that moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it was like oh, this is too much. Yeah, it was. A lot yeah. so i guess i could see where like some some white people would be hesitant to be like i don't want to have to talk about this all the time yeah because i because i will pop in and out of narnia on your ass yeah um but then the one thing that i will agree with is like if you have any type of um spiritual worldview or like if you're like specifically christian worldview they sure. say this all the time that like you know when you're confronted with you know, situations where you can show love like that's an opportunity for you know from god or whatever you want to say like, whether you believe in that, that's fine. But if you do believe in that, like, yeah, if you are presented with an opportunity where you can teach someone something and be that voice, like, that is, like, you should be able to take advantage so of let, it. So let me modify then what I what I initially said then. So, like, if, so to black people, people of color, people who look like me, who may have a lifestyle similar to mine, if you are presented with that person who is going through those 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 fragile those fragility moments, those defensive moments, because that they're a per- person in a position of power and they're being challenged. I it's not your job to make them feel better, and it's not your job to educate them, but they're find out what you can give them and what you should give them and what you can present to them. So in that moment where you and I are arguing and stuff like that, it's like I'm not going, I'm not, I don't have to educate you. I don't have to make you feel better, but I can remind you that I'm your friend. Yeah, that's true. And be like, remember, we're friends, and that's that. That's the same shit I always give you. So like, that's that's and and, and that should be enough for you. That, yeah. that to for you to go through this process and like think, 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 and be like, okay, now let me figure out what he's trying to say now. Because remember, he's still my friend. Remember, he's still in my wedding. All the stuff like that. That you got to remember those things, and that and those things are the truth. And so I can still give you that. I can give you the things that always that were going to be naturally given to you anyway. Basically, what I'm saying is like you can give people friendship, you can give people love, you can give people compassion, you can give people understanding. You can Those, also read people their rights and and tell them to fuck off. That's what I'm saying. In addition yeah. to that, like yeah. I'm gonna be like, bitch, I'm gonna cuss your ass out, but I'm gonna cuss your ass out because I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they be like, okay. Because sometimes you teach somebody something by saying that was messed up, and I'm not fucking with you anymore. And then and then closing the door on that chapter, and then they have to reconcile that. With that. Yeah, that, that's also very necessary. Because Sometimes some, you got to cut some shit I've, off. I've read a lot about that, um, you know, in on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram has great infographics. Um, but how sometimes you just need to, there are certain situations where, like, if you're not safe in the situation, if you, you know, if it's not doing you well, then sometimes the best thing you can do is to just tell them to F off. Yeah, not that because I mean, we, or or just or just be quiet and walk away. Like sometimes you do have to defend yourself. Yes, but that's if it's not getting anywhere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I'm I'm talking about people that are open, people that are trying to go through the process. If you see people like they're struggling, they're struggling with the upgrade, yeah. that uh, <laughs> enhancement. The fans are all worrying yeah, out of control. Like you could take, you like I know you got an old ass computer, and that shit might shut your shit down. Get the blue I'm screen a, of death. I'm, yeah. <laughs> But I'm gonna be here to help you out. Yeah. Uh yeah. So if you see people trying to go through the process and they trying their best to enhance and upgrade their life, then you need 
then then maybe maybe you know something you can't give them. It doesn't have to be the things that you that 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 is unfair for you to give them, like we said earlier. But there there might be something you can give them. You can give me like I'm just I'm a cancer. That's I'm sorry. That's the way I was built and the way I work. Yeah. I'm gonna cuss your ass out, but if you start crying, I'm gonna make sure we can find a way to wipe those tears away. And though and wiping those tears away might be might be me being very compassionate or me making you feel better. But that doesn't mean what I said earlier when I when I ju- like gave you some constructive criticism doesn't whole truth still yeah totally yeah well so for those people who are open to wanting to change their defensive reactions sure or whether it's for white defensiveness or for just regular defensiveness how do we change our reaction yeah this is what nick uh, wignall a clinical psychologist Excuse writer me, what's his last name i don't know if this is how you pronounce oh, okay, it okay let's just leave it alone wignall he is a a, a white male as far as i can tell so. well obviously with that name yeah uh, a clinical psychologist, writer, teacher, and podcaster uh, has to say. Okay? Oh, he can't vote. <laughs> He's, he, knows, he knows us white, uh, us white guys. Okay. All right. So there's six steps. We'll, we'll say them first, and then we'll go and we'll talk about each okay, one. Okay. So I want to get your response to what you would do and all that. Sure. So the six steps are increase your self-awareness in difficult conversations. Validate your fears and insecurities. Oh, validate your fears and insecurities. Um, number three, apply a little self-compassion. Number four, clarify your values. Number five, anticipate your defensiveness. And number six, boost your self-esteem the right way. So this is for just regular defensiveness, right? That sounds like a bunch of shit I can't do. <laughs> All right. So number one, increase <laughs> self-awareness in difficult conversations. The best way to get better at noticing your defensiveness in the moment is to practice it in low-stakes situations. So what that means to me, and then I'll let you respond, um... Be aware that you do this, you know, if you, if someone calls you on it, that's the first step. You might not even be aware of it. And then you might get really defensive. Like that's happened to me before. Like I said, I get defensive at being called defensive because I don't think of myself as, as a defensive person. That perspective has changed. I know that I am um, because if somebody says something cross to me or something that I like take personally, like I'll think about it the rest of the day, you know, it'll just, it'll just drive me yeah. crazy. Um, but if you practice it in low stakes situations of, of, of being self-aware, maybe that will help you, you know, like if we're, you and I are having a conversation about the dishes, maybe me being less defensive about that will help me when we have a more serious conversation. What are yeah. your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. Well, you said famously six things you can't do. Can, what about your self-awareness? Do you feel like you're self-aware? I, you feel- I think I am because I... I sometimes I can be over too over self aware where I start changing my whole the thing how I operate because I'm thinking about how that person responded that one time not always. Would you say that being self aware that you change your yourself based on how people react is also self awareness like of being aware that you do that and then maybe like modifying. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was I was kidding about not being able to do it. I think I do it I but know. sometimes to a fault. Like it's it's not it's not healthy. Yeah. That's, that's just probably some residual ass, like, you grew up a black kid and what all around all these white kids and, like, you just do things to survive. Like, a survival Yeah, instance. that actually probably is a defense mechanism that, like, is keeps, is, keeps you safe. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, okay, maybe that's the battle I'm going to lose. <laughs> yeah. I, I do that, too, but obviously not in the, not to the level, you know. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, number two, which is validate your fears and insecurities. So maybe this is kind of what we're talking about. Um, validation is a simple practice of acknowledging that something is valid and makes sense on some level, even if it's ultimately undesirable. 
uh, validating your defensiveness simply means taking a moment to remind yourself that even though you don't want to act defensively, it makes sense that you would feel the way you do. I mean, shit, that's exactly what we were just talking about. Yeah. I Yeah, I think I, I'm a person. I can... I'm okay with having the conversations where we where we validate and discussed how I felt in the moment, but the thing is, I'm very hesitant to do that because I don't trust that the other person is going to do that, and then it's just me. It becomes a one sided situation, and when it becomes one sided, it can turn into like me playing a defensive victim or or just the the, the victim who wants pity. That's why I, I'm like I'm like I need to know if I divulge like how I truly felt and my feelings were hurt in this conversation. I need to know you're gonna meet me halfway because if not, it just turns into me being a crybaby cancer. Do you think that the collective conversation we're happening about like race relations in America and all of our problems stem from that? That that that's that that isn't being met on one side or the other. Yeah. I think I think it's gonna be like a, it's a resistance. Like I can be like, this is how bad racism is, and you go, yep. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that's and crazy. So like, yeah, and then like I'm like, well, th- th- that didn't do anything. Like I know it is. You're just saying, yep. I need you to. I need you to be like, do you? Do you also? What do you think about it? Yeah. How is it do affecting you your life and all that? And if you're like, oh, it sucks and I hate it and it's painful, let's get rid of it and stuff like that. I'm like, cool. And then I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. And you're like, maybe you shouldn't say that, but I can say it because the cop won't shoot me. Fuck you, cop. You better like like. Mm. It might be. It, it come. It can come in any type of way, uh, but. We have to be able to do this stuff together. Like, I I think that rich people have to be able to speak up for poor people. Poor people have to be a little more, like, it's, it's unfortunate. They got to be compassionate with the idea that so there are rich people in this world that have no idea how, how, how fucked up they're, or how much privilege they have. So we have to be aware of that. You don't have to, you don't have to call them and make them feel better. Now, you're in the same token with men and women. There's a lot, all these men need to realize there are things that we might do in our society, in our world that, that make it very difficult for women, uh, people in the LGBT community and stuff like that to thrive and live because of the nasty, toxic masculinity and uh, heteronormative ways that we have instilled in our society. We have to be aware of that. Now, we, we don't have to take on all the blame or anything. I'm not saying that, but you gotta be aware that that shit is there. And then on the... And so... If there's just basically, it's always, there's work that both sides, I think, need to have, need to do. And I feel like sometimes we get confused on what it is. We think like, oh, so you're trying to tell me the person who's oppressed has to make the call of the other person? No, 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 no. Please, absolutely not. Do not do that. Because that just makes them continually be a, an oppressor. Not just an oppressor with a back rub. Like, they, yeah, uh, like don't do that shit. shit. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I think you got, you got to, you have to be able to stand your ground. Both sides have to be able to stand their ground and not walk away from the conversation, which is why I got so triggered yeah. by the when you said the person that just leaves. Yeah, I hate that. I think that's what a lot of people do because people don't want to have the conversation. Uh-uh. Both sides got to have it. I know it sucks. It's like, that's why that's yeah, why we're doing this, this podcast, because I know people don't want to fucking do this shit. Don't nobody want to call up their uh, little friend Jimmy. Hey, little white friend Jimmy, let's talk about race today. I know we normally hang out and play Halo all day and we never bring it up, but let's just talk about race. That, that black kid don't want to do that. And the same thing, little Jimmy, the white kid, he's like, hey, Tyrone, I'm going to call you up right now. I know we never talk about race, and it might come off a little racist if I just bring up race with a black friend, but I want to talk about it. Yes, you might need to do that. Like, it's... These, these conversations and these situations need to occur and need to happen. That's the only way we're going to get somewhere. I'm not a motherfucking scientist or a specialist on this shit, but I know I'm living my life the way I am, and I know I'm stressed the fuck out, and mm. things aren't getting any easier 
uh, on, on the grand scheme or the global, the global, you know, scheme of things. So I got to figure out how to make my world better. What you, something you just said made me think of something, and this is kind of off topic, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, I feel like a lot of, like, I was just thinking about, like, how white people don't want to have this conversation, right? We've sure. We've been avoiding it for centuries. Major- majorly. Because it causes us pain when normally we don't have this pain. Whereas, like, people of color have this pain all the time. Sure. Um, there are people what, of color that want to have this conversation either. Well, yeah. It's fucking painful. But predominantly, yeah. white people don't want to have it. Uh, predominantly, white people don't want to have this. And, you know, when there's when white people talk about race amongst ourselves, I feel like there's a instinct among other white people to either like call out one white person and say, Oh yeah, that was racist. Does prove that you're not racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or there is the instinct to make that person feel less racist. Not like justifying their racism and be like, yeah, what you said was racism, but like, you know, it like I know you're not racist. Like, you know, to kind of like explain it away. Yeah. I when we're in a group together, right? And I think that what's happening with like the cultural awareness of this is kind of that two sides mentality where now white people are either like he's the racist the cops are the racist the republicans are the racist like like this this type of liberal is the racist and or there's oh, on yeah. the, or there's on the republican side there's like like oh see we're not racist we're all in this together he's just saying it how it is or like the worst part of it is when they're like actually yeah we are racist and that's why we all like each other and that's the fucking nasty shit that is you know, predominantly. And nobody needs right. to point the finger at them. Everybody can see that dude standing with a swastika and an AR-15 in front of the Capitol building. I can see he's crazy. Yeah. I don't need anyone to point that out to me. I know he's racist. Uh, yeah, he's sorry. Very, I don't mean to like got, explain decal, it to you. He got racist decals on his body. This is just something that I was thinking right now. Yeah, no, that that is such a that is such a real situation. I will say that is happening and occurring a lot right now because because of Donald Trump. That is that has been a big thing where everyone goes, but Donald Trump's the bad guy. Look at him and. It's like, no, you don't want me to pay attention to your micro shit because you want me to focus on this big old fat motherfucker. Like the uh-uh, what you're doing is still problematic. We're gonna address all of it. Yeah. Like we can't, like we can't. He can't be the scapegoat, and then he, once he's gone, the big bad, the darkness is gone. Like this, this isn't. That's not how the world works. This isn't fucking. No, actually, I, I, even if I use analogies from fictional storylines, we know what happens. Like, uh, Darth Vader, Palpatine, dead, gone. Guess what? A whole new Sith going to find a way and come rise up, and they're going to come back. So, right. like, just because they're gone doesn't mean that it, that it disappears. The person, one of the big, uh, you know, outliers or the, the big person that promotes it, yes, might be gone, but it doesn't disappear. So, we can't find that scapegoat and just pointing fingers is not helpful. Yeah. Also, the making people like the, the I, I would say right now, the people that I would consider doing this right now are kind of Republicans and then some moderate uh, liberal people that they are kind of where they're like saying like, you know, oh, it's not that racist or this. There's reasons and laws. And this is why, you know, the people that throw facts at you and stuff to justify things. And they say it's not. He didn't shoot him because he's black. He shot him because, um, um, and, you know, a bunch of they say a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, I hate that shit. Definitely. Because it's not helping. It's helping no one. It's not. It's not helping that person grow. And it's only. And it's definitely not helping the person who brought up the situation. And that that occurred a little bit when that last week when we had to where you got a little defensive because there was a moment 
where 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 because it's because it was you and Kate and then you know Kate kind of he kind of uh basically was like well Grant I hear what you're saying and like I think and it, like it's it's valid it's very valid what he is saying but the thing was I already said I know you I know you're not this way I know you didn't mean any harm by it and this is this we didn't I didn't necessarily need the double down it's 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 but at naturally as friends between friends yes that's gonna occur and that's gonna happen that where he's gonna he's also gonna make you feel better but by him doing that. It just naturally created the dynamic where I was like, oh, well, now I feel bad because, like, there's two versus one because, like, I, I'm the one that called you out. And then, so you have this support over here. And then you have me who's technically not supporting you. I'm the one that made you upset. And it's like, it, yeah. it, in, in that dynamic occurs. That just makes me think about all the times that I play that character with other situations or other people. Like, I feel like I can understand to a large degree or to uh, not a large degree, I would say an average degree, why some people like are like on the cop side of things or like why they're like Republican and more conservative. Like I understand their thinking. And so like sometimes I get the instinct to maybe like explain away certain things that they say or do, but I catch myself or I try to catch myself and just like shut up. Nobody yeah. needs to hear that. Like no, like no, like there's no, there is no need for the explaining away of it it's it's very but it's you get that instinct where you're like i see where they're coming from like they're wrong but i see where they're coming imagine from. imagine me like yeah. every situation i grew up looking at the letter of the law as as the letter of the law like i do not fuck with it right like i i didn't start getting i didn't get my first like ticket and getting first trouble till i went away to college i was i was doing shit like i was supposed to do when it and I don't, I've never even like knock on wood I, till this day. I have never received a speeding ticket for going over the speeding limit because I don't do that. And well, so I'm like, if I'm gonna be late, nigga, I'm late. You gonna have to wait till I get there because I ain't, ain't nobody. I ain't gonna pay no three hundred dollars for your ass. You ain't that special. So <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that right now, job, yeah. wives, kids, whoever. You just gonna be missing out on me for five minutes because I ain't getting no three hundred dollars for five minutes. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I've always grown up that way. So when the, when you get these situations in the news and stuff where it's the cops versus the people or the law enforcement versus versus a certain sect of of a community or something, I it's like I have sometimes problematic rationalizations in my mind because I'm like, well, give, lay out all the facts for me. There could have been a way to avoid this because you don't want the 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 truth to be really that it's like, oh, it's just evil. Yeah, I know that that's a possibility, but I'm like, before I get there, I, I can get there real easily. Yeah. Let me let me do some harder work right now. Let me do the more difficult problem, math problems, and let me first, because the easy ones, you can just add, answer those in a quick minute. Yeah. I'm gonna, let me get do the hard shit first. Now, my hard shit at first is challenging. Like, maybe there were some more reasons behind this. Maybe there's more information. I did that with the recent, you know, unarmed black man that was killed. I was like... Oh, I was like, this is just this is this doesn't sound right to me. This is just too this just don't seem right. I was like, there gotta be some more to it. You know, and I dug and dug and dug and there and it was just ridiculous. It well was, yeah, it, because he was legally carrying Yeah, it was point blank like yeah. what the fuck? Shot like, in the back. It made not it, it, there was but most of you know, ninety percent of the time, ninety nine percent of the time, that's how it always is. I'm like, yeah. maybe there's something else. I'm like, no, he couldn't just been holding a cell phone. Maybe the cell phone was shaped like a gun. I don't know. Maybe because, he maybe he had claws or something. <laughs> I don't maybe I don't maybe the cop was blind. I'm like, I I gotta like I just trust me, like white people, black people and other people are also trying our best to be like, there has to be some other explanation for this even people who probably that's their family who they lost they're probably sitting there like no 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 something else because you know when you lose a loved one and i've, I've lost friends and lost uncles and aunts and denial 
a whole bunch of people in my family, I, I try to rationalize it, but there has to be another reason why. Yeah. There has to be another reason why. You don't want to you don't want to deal with the reason that the, the shitty one, and we're just like, nope, it just happened because it happened, yeah. or it just happened because it's racist, yeah. or it just happened because they hated that person. You're like, no, it has to be some other explanation. You want to you want it to be that, and maybe that's an aspect of white defensiveness too that wants to believe the police because you don't want to believe that they're could just kill people randomly and that's okay to have that initial thought but you got to be okay with being wrong yeah sometimes people are fucked up we do not need the double down and if they make a mistake even if the cop makes a mistake the mistake still into the life he should still pay for that that's so that's we know how we all got to pay for mistakes like if you like uh accidentally chop your hand off you did it on accident it was a mistake but guess what your ass ain't got no hand now you can't be like you can't be like oh no nah, no nah. like you don't understand uh the 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 knife the knife didn't even it wasn't even what who are you going what the, what the fuck are you, what is the point fix the fucking you're bleeding to death fix this shit stop trying to justify why you cut your hand off and just sew that motherfucker up put that in the ba- uh, hand in the bag of ice take that shit to the hospital so it can get sewed back on. Yeah, I feel like America kinda, America is just sitting here with like a hundred like open wounds yeah, that we haven't fixed yet. Just cut cut limbs everywhere and ain't nobody picking none shit up. It looked like kill Bill, this motherfucker. And Mitch McConnell is just like, <laughs> I don't see anything. Yeah, he like he's well, he got his eyes closed because he's that ugly ass pants labyrinth monster. Oh no. That's like, yeah, that's why he don't know that shit. All right, well, we should get back to it. Yeah, let's get so, back to where we're going. White defensiveness. No, this is not white defensiveness. This is just regular defensiveness. So number three, right? So let's say you're in a situation, you or me, you you are self-aware that you're getting defensive. Um and you validate your fears and insecurities. You're like, okay, I, there's a reason I'm feeling this way. Like, uh, obviously, like, some part of this doesn't sit right with me. Apply a little self-compassion. Similar to validation, self-compassion means being gentle and understanding with yourself rather than harsh and judgmental when you're getting defensive. It means reminding yourself that everybody gets defensive sometimes. Even though I still get defensive, I'm working on doing it less. Just because I feel the impulse or desire to act defensively doesn't mean I have to do it. So, like... I know there's, like, a physical reaction that happens. Like, I can feel it when I'm, like, I'm being attacked and I need to, like, lash back, right? I feel like I've even done it sometimes here where it's, like, uh, like oh, I'll, I'll catch something that I said and I want to correct it right away, you know? There's, like, a physical reaction that you feel. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, part of this is, like, being okay with being self-compassionate to yourself that that is, like, like that's okay. Like you're you're not like you're not wrong just because you feel that way, but that doesn't just because you feel that way doesn't mean you have to do it. Yeah, I I think like you you it we just gotta be able to like to be okay with challenging ourselves a lot more. Like, and I think I think we're because people are gonna challenge you no matter what you fucking do. You're always gonna have somebody that challenges you, is jealous of you, that's mean to you, that that doesn't have your best interest at heart. That shit's gonna always occur. The thing that we're not so good at with is when we get that shit and then taking some of it. If some of it is true, or some and having to do the work within. And when like I, because I know from speaking for myself, uh, people can cuss me out and shit all the time, and I'd be like, whatever, fucking, you just hate me because you're a hater. But then when I have to be like Mike. And now I'm talking to myself. I'm like, why aren't you doing this? Why haven't you done that? Why are you still so hard on yourself? Now I can't. I don't know how to talk to myself like that. I, that's, that's a bigger struggle. 
Mm. I, I'm not I'm not as good as challenging myself. And that and I feel like that might be, you know, the case with people who have to deal with racism and, and prejudices and stuff like that, being in a position of privilege, you're like, now you have to question and challenge yourself. Where you haven't had to do that before. That shit is hard. And like because going back to analogies, if you, you know, you play the old school games from the 90s and stuff like that, most of the time, who was the last, the person you fought right before the last boss was always like a clone or like a, a, a bad version of yourself. That was always one of the hardest <laughs> bad guys to fight right before the last boss. And they have all the same moves that they you have. They have all the same moves yeah. as you and they be whooping your ass. You'd be like, I can't beat this shit. It's just a shadow version of me. That was always the hardest person to defeat. And that's because that's like how life is. That's one of the hardest motherfuckers to fuck with. It's yeah. like you can do you can you can handle all these people, you know, activists and, and Democrats and all this stuff, people cussing you out and all this and like you need to change, you're racist, you're problematic. But then now when you have to sit in the room and be like all right, now I have to destroy that bad part of me. It's going to be hard. You can't do that. You just, you can't put it, you know, uh, I'm trying to find a way to say this without <laughs> promoting suicide. <laughs> that is, that's so dark. But I'm saying just, you can't find a way to, to, to destroy that shadow self of you so easily. Yeah, without being, like, you have to show love. Like, you have to show love. Like, you have to shine light into the darkness. You have to show yourself love. Yeah. Self-love is, like, so hard. You know, there's corny movies and books and stuff out there where it's like, you can never defeat that person. You can never defeat your shadow self with a weapon or anything. And then you just hug it, and it's like turns into like a butterfly and flies away. (laughs) Yeah. I think about two things. I think about Kingdom Hearts is all about that, right? Great game. Oh, yeah. And then I also think about um, Scott Pilgrim, how there's the whole thing where he's going to fight, like, the shadow version of himself. And then it cuts to them just hanging out and be like, oh, we should get a beer sometime. You know, yeah. Like, just very chill, underwhelming conflict resolution. Love yourself. Yeah. yeah I will, that will defeat it. Um, number four. There's two more, and then we'll get to the white defensiveness and be done. So clarify your values, okay? One reason it's so hard to avoid acting defensively is that we're actually not all that clear about how we want to act instead. Clarifying your values simply means taking the time to answer the following question. When I start to get defensive, how do I actually want to act and behave? What's the best version of myself in a situation like this? So if you could pick how you respond when you get criticism from someone, how would you want to respond? Thank you. That's how I would want to. A bitch ain't never done that before, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be real with you. I have never been like... Thank you for your for that information. The thing that is so creepy, though, is that you did say thank you to me when we were having our discussion. You were like, thank you for showing me a real reaction. And I was like, this oh, says so the- much about me. <laughs> like uh, That, yeah. see, when I say that, that's not good. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. That was so like, dramatic. Knowing know my shady ass self, that was like, okay, okay, I see you. That's all that was. Yeah. It made me think like, oh my God, like, like this says so much about me. This is who I really am in this moment. Like I used to think this, this like kind of dumb, like analogy of thinking of people is like, you are your true self when you're driving. So like the people who drive like assholes are just truly assholes. And like our friend Sam, he hated that because he was like, that's not like, no, that's not true. Like sometimes you drive like an asshole because you're in a bad mood. Like <laughs> it's not that serious. Yeah. Cause I drive. No, I mean, I drive very timidly, but you're not always a timid person. I think sometimes I am though, yeah. But it's yeah. So I mean, yeah. I don't know. I agree with Sam. Like I don't think that's the, it no. Depends because on the circumstance. just because you have a bad moment doesn't mean you're a bad person. Just because like you as a white person says a racist thing doesn't mean that everything you say is racist. Yeah. Right. But that one thing was, and so me, you, like we, like we have to recognize that. 
and, and call yourself out. Um, and number five, anticipate your defensiveness. While your natural reaction might be to tell yourself it's nothing or just not to think about it, often this is a mistake. The reason is surprise magnifies defensiveness. So when we feel caught off guard or ambushed by criticism, it tends to intensify our defensiveness. On the other hand, when we know it's coming, the overall intensity is far lower. I guess what that means is like if I know I'm a def- uh, defensive person or someone who reacts defensively when criticized a certain way, I should anticipate that and be and be mindful of it and therefore maybe I can get control of it. Kind of like what we were talking about emotions and anger and dealing with your anger. Yeah. Like labeling your emotion, whatever it is. And I, I, yeah, I feel like for me, it's just, it takes, it's a lot of work because I, I keep, I'm, I, like I said before, way in the beginning is that I kind of fill in the blanks in the conversation sometimes. Like I can have an argument with myself. If you don't want to, have, if you don't want to argue with me, dude, I argue with myself like as other people all the time. I feel like I'm constantly having arguments with people in my head. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It means we're schizophrenic, so. But yeah. uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's defensiveness because whenever I get like negative feelings about myself, I like them be like, "Oh, well, this person thinks this, and how could you think that?" And you know, like arguing with. And then I start sparring with them instead of dealing with me and what how I feel and how I think. Yeah. Um. The last one is boost your self-esteem the right way. The right way to build self-esteem is through your actions. When you consistently do things that you can be proud of, your self-esteem goes up. It's natural to get defensive when your positive self-image is threatened by a complaint or criticism. But, you know, if you swallow your pride, strip away the more toxic aspects of an imperfectly communicated complaint or request and, you know, try to make good actions that are that you do respond positively to, those things will like, you know, that, that should outweigh. Because if you're constantly just getting, like, negative feedback and critici- criticism and feeling defensive about it, you know how you can outweigh that? You can do things that make you feel good and make other people feel good. Like, you know how to be anti-racist? Like, do things that are, like, positive. Yeah. For but, people, you know? But, I mean, some people don't want to do anything differently. I, I don't want to. But here I am trying. Yeah. I mean, because I, I just tell you, some people just don't want, they don't want to upgrade their shit. Yeah. They're very, that's the whole idea of being like conservative. Some people want to be that same old busted ass computer. I get the, I get why you would want to like adhere to like a strict moral code. I get why you would want to like honor where you come from or honor the, like the work that has been done before. Like, like, you know, be humble and all that stuff. But I don't. I just don't, I will never understand this like closed mindedness to not learning and, and growing. That's just yeah. something that I just, it does not work with my brain. Yeah. I feel like as humans have, we, we thought at like at some point in time, like, you know, when, when Neanderthals and shit became, you know, who we are now, we thought the evolution stopped there, but evolution kept, keeps going in my perspective. It just, we have found ways to make it go outside of the human body. And so it's extensions now. It's like it's like apps. <laughs> like those are the things that are evolving. The things that enhance our lives are not us necessarily, but the things that we use. I think though that 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 what we're learning about apps and technology, not to, to take away from your metaphor, is like that you can't take us out of it. Like we're still the problem. Yeah, we're like, still the problem. That's why we're always posting terrible, shitty things to each other on the internet or 
I know, using apps to like do really destructive yes, things. Yes, but how we how we hurt each other now is different than we used to because now we have new ways of doing it. We created new weapons for ourselves. Yeah. When they're supposed to be tools to enhance our lives, some people are turning them into weapons. No, no. Yeah. That knife is supposed to be used to cut fruit, not to kill people. <laughs> What's that in your hand? A knife. No. no! <laughs> Great vine. Look it up. Oh, my gosh. Okay, the last topic, and well, then we're done, uh, is just how do you, you know, specifically when it comes to white defensiveness and dealing with topics of race and racism, how are you supposed to, you know, you can identify it, you realize you're, you're getting angry when... Um, you know, someone's bringing up the topic of race and you're getting, or you're getting uncomfortable or someone says something you said was racist and you're like, what? No. And you like, or like, you, you know, you feel that physical pain, um, of racism. Um, the responsibility is to return ourselves to a state of openness. We should not expect black people to take care of us or to back down so we can return to equilibrium. Um, some hints of returning to openness, acknowledge your defensive feelings, Take at least a 30-minute break if your stress is elevated significantly. <laughs> like, this race topic is getting me too stressed out. I need to stop. Uh, for 30 minutes, yeah. exactly. Check, yeah, you need to come back to the table, that's for sure. Check to see if what you are defending is actually being threatened. This is a huge, huge one. Um, like, so many, like, so much of white defensiveness is, like, jumping to these crazy conclusions. Like, well, if a black person is president, that means they're going to take away all rights of white people. Or whatever people. Maybe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, practice re- relieving the sensation of tension in your body using breathing or other stress reduction techniques. And notice how acknowledging what is true will not mean that you are a bad person. Yeah. Like. That is so much stuff. It's like that much stuff. Like, fuck it. Y'all do that on your own fucking time. I ain't got time to go through all of that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's specifically for white people and yeah, white defense. Yeah, you guys go do that shit. You guys, that's that's like some take home homework, some take home assignments. I don't don't take those tests and that quiz around me. You need to just do that shit at home. That's yeah. like some private, like private reading. Yeah, I mean, like the, this article uh, says, embrace that your primary job as an anti-racist is and always will be identifying and addressing your own racism. The hardest part. My own anti-racism development was embracing two words, my racism. So while, you know, you feel these like weird instincts, like I feel them, like I feel like Ooh, I'm uncomfortable. Like, uh, like I feel like right now the, the big thing for me that I'm feeling is like, um, you know, if you're not doing X, Y, and Z, you're still part of the problem, even if you're not actively racist. And that, that is like one of those, like, I stepped on glass, you know, my stomach is shriveling in. Like, because I'm the, not doing all those things. The whole reason why you want to do this fucking episode is because you're just guilty and you're defensive. I'm guilty. Yeah, but <laughs> yes, it's true. Like, it's true. There's no you, point denying like, it. This is, this is your way of apologizing. <laughs> yeah, because it was like one of the first things we said to each other after we fought. It's like, I was like, hey, I have an idea for an episode. That was literally the next morning. I was like, okay. What was your, what, what went through your head? I was just like, whatever. I, I, I was like, I'm not. You know I ain't over it, and I. Uh, but I was just like, "That's cool." I also I was like, yeah, "I kept you up at night," and it really didn't keep me up at night. I had moved on to a certain extent, but when you brought it, when you brought it back up, I was like, oh, "Obviously, it's still tearing you up." Because, but the, the thing that's tearing you up is not because you were defensive. The thing that's tearing you up is because you probably said something problematic, and you still disagree with that you did that. And so, are you trying to find any way to cure that? Mm. So, that's no, I, mean. I think I acknowledged. 
Um, because the thing that I said, we won't get into what it was, but it wasn't like, it wasn't racist. It was, no. it was a, a different ism. And it was one of those things that I didn't identify with. And it was one of those things that I was like, I realize now I'm like, wow, that's a big blind spot in my life and like perception of myself. Yeah. I don't think anyone identifies with the, I mean, except for the white supremacists and the KKK with the decals on. Yeah. I don't think anyone that like any, the same person identifies with bigotry. I don't know. I feel like when we do this show, I don't know. I feel like I have a responsibility to talk to like certain people who I know, you know, may or may not be listening to this. Um, and they might not, they might just like, you know, throw away some Instagram post that I put out there, but they might listen to this conversation and start thinking. Um, and I think that I feel like I have a responsibility to talk to other people about stuff. But at the end of the day, the work is for me to do for myself. And like everyone listening, you have your job is to focus on your own shit. Yeah. Like Trump be damned. Republicans be damned. Liberals be damned. You need to work on your own shit. Don't drag your black friends into the podcast episode with you so you can live through your shit. Just fucking do it on your own time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. No, we. Yeah. It, I, I'm willing to, to come forth and 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 do this because I think it's important to have this conversation. I'm also defensive a lot about a lot of things, so I think it's a very necessary conversation. Not an easy one, but it's necessary. Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, or leave us a five star review. For more, go to www.blackmanrightworld.com or email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.